So hi, Meditations and Mastery uh, audience, uh, KMMA students. I'm, I'm sorry, it's been so long since I've done a podcast. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I've been super busy with super good things. Uh, it's all been uh, to do with the, the growth and mission at the dojo. Uh, but I have been remiss in uh, doing my weekly podcast, so I apologize for that. But I do uh, have a little bit of a makeup for you because uh, I have an amazing guest today. I'm very excited to introduce. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, he is a KMMA student. In fact, he's a KMMA student who will be testing for his black belt, his probationary black belt here in September, along with his kids. And um, but there's a lot, a lot of other interesting things uh, in Robert Carpenter, uh, who is my guest today. And in fact, it was in talking to him personally a couple of weeks ago that that I asked that we would do a podcast one day. And it's because at Krav Maga Martial Arts, you know, I teach about, I teach certain lessons and certain attributes that are keys to becoming a black belt leader. And, and one of those lessons is that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to what happens. And you know, probably two of the most important black belt attributes that we also develop in black belt leaders uh, on that path and journey is positive mental attitude and um, perseverance. Because these are things that not only prepare someone to pass a black belt test, but prepare one for the trials and tribulations of life. And, uh, you know, Bob's gone through a few of those. So we're going to talk to some of that today. We're going to, we're going to let him talk about what he's going through about, about, you know, applying those principles and lessons in his life. And, uh, and we are going to do as we always do and try to learn from his experience. So Bob, uh, first, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. And, and second, um, I want to start a ways back. I guess it would probably be about three years ago now, <clears throat> as you're about to test for your probationary black belt. So and that's when I met you and you guys came into the dojo um, because one of the first things that impressed me and has continued to impress me for all this time is your leadership uh, with, with uh, Ava and Aiden. Uh, because for our audience, Ava and Aiden, uh, you have raised up like your kids since they were a little bit of kids. Uh, yes. but, in, but in reality, they're your kids' kids. So, um, so at, a, at, a, at an age where all of us are pretty much done raising kids <laughs> you had to go back and do that um yes sir. so maybe you'd like to speak a little bit to that well um i guess it was uh what, 10 years ago um well ava's 13 now and when she was born she was our first um well actually she was our second grandchild i believe first or second i don't remember which um <laughs> But her parents weren't, um, they were loving parents, but they really weren't meant to be parents, I don't think. They didn't have the parental instincts and they, they have issues, <laughs> as we all do. We all have our own issues and our own demons that we have to go through. Um, some of us do it in better ways than others, and they just didn't handle them quite properly. Um, but Ava, from the time she was born, you know, she spent a lot of weekends with us, and uh, we knew her very well. Um, when she was two, her parents split. Um, 
and her dad wound up moving out to Kansas, which we took temporary custody of her at that point. And the reason we did the temporary custody was we didn't want to take her away in case the time came where they could, or one of them could actually take and raise her. But we still had the authority to do everything we needed, including insurance, any medical, dental, you know, we, we had full control as well. Um, now they wound up getting back together and having Aiden. And we met Aiden once before we actually took him uh, for his first birthday. And then at 16 months, we wound up taking him in as well and taking temporary custody of him. A few years after that, we wound up adopting both of them. So they are legally our children, but they are technically our grandchildren. So they have mom and dad and grandma and grandpa on one bundle. Well, I mean, you know, and that's outstanding. And um, certainly the story without, you know, like, like you didn't go into the details in the backstory and there was no reason to, and that's great. But the point is you saw a need and you stepped up and you filled it. Um, I'm sure that it wasn't easy. So that in, in and of itself is admirable. Uh, you've been raising the kids for about a decade now then. Yes. And about three years ago, you stepped into my school with the kids. Uh, tell, yes, we did. <laughs> tell me a little bit about what made you decide to do that and, and maybe even a little bit about the experiences. Well, we had actually gone to a Viarda's restaurant and uh, one of your promoters at that time, I, I cannot remember his name. Uh, he's no longer with you, though. Um, he had a booth out there, and we stopped to talk to him. And uh, we signed up, and he's, uh, we asked about coming in and when would be a good time to come in. He said, well, come in any Saturday. We do Saturday classes, family classes. I think they were a half hour at that point. And he said, just come on in, you know, come in, see if you like it, how you do. Um, so we were actually only interested in getting Aiden in because we wanted him to get some physical activity and get be active. Um, so we went there. Sensei Robert was there that day and uh, Aiden would not go out on the floor without me. So Sensei Robert said, well, you know, if, if he won't come out by himself, he might come out with you. So I went out on the floor with him. So we spent a few Saturdays doing that. And uh, Ava at the time wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> But she went to she went with us a couple of times and sat and watched and eventually went out on the floor just to try it out. And from that point, she loved it. And this was, I believe it was June in 2018 is when we started. And uh, we signed up for the family plan, of course. First, we signed up for a year um, after I decided to, because I was a little bit later starting. Mm just because of my work schedule and trying to get planning in and get everything set up for me to actually get in and, and uh, be a participant. But at that point, all three of us started going and we've been going regular ever since. Um, as you know, we, um, you know, even during the COVID period where everything was shut down and you had to shut your doors, unfortunately, um, you stepped up in a major way, in a brilliant way and went virtual with all of your classes. And we never missed a beat. We were there for almost every virtual class. And as soon as you reopened your doors, we were one of the first people back in on the floor. And uh, we really appreciated that. And we really appreciated you stepping up to make sure that your students got what they needed. And I'm sure there was a lot of black back planning in that as well. And a lot of rush, rush to get everything set up quickly so that you could keep a good client base. Those that were willing to stay. Because as you say, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, 
people that will find an excuse to quit. Yeah. And I think a lot of people at that point did find an excuse to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've noticed. Well, I'm I'm super grateful for, yeah, that you guys did stick through all of that. Because you're right. I mean, we, we, for that brief moment in time, we lost about half of the the existing student body. But, uh, you know, some of those have come back and more importantly, uh, more than the ones that we've lost have come on you. Um, But, you know, what, what I wanted to, and you know what, quite frankly, I, I believe that we have an even better program than one of those people off way better. And, and, and uh, you know, part of it is, you know, the, the leadership development has always been, been a big piece to me, as you know, yes. in addition to the, to the self-defense and, and the rest. But, uh, but, you know, as, as for the same reason that I had you on as a guest today, we'll get into that soon, uh, is the same topic that is why I believe we're even better. That, that period of time was, was a test, trials and tribulations. Like I said, obviously our student body uh, cut in half, so did our revenue. Uh, so we had a choice. We had a choice of, of you know, shutting it down like a lot of uh, our peers did or doubling down and, and, and making something happen. And so thank you for recognizing that. But, but, uh, but Bob, you know, what I would like to ask you next about, and maybe you answer both for yourself and then for the kids uh, as two separate answers. Mm-hmm. In that time, in the three years on your way to, like I said, next month, September 26, you're testing for your probationary black belt. Yes, sir. In those three years, tell me about some of the benefits, the things that you most appreciate about what you've developed on your way to becoming a black belt leader. And the kids. Um, well, when, when I started, I had just um, quit smoking after 40 plus years of being a smoker. Um, so I actually quit uh, June June eighth of twenty eighteen. That's awesome. So <laughs> the first several months, I had a real hard time with the uh, the physical activities. Mm-hmm. So I was stopping uh, quite frequently just to catch my breath. And um, so as far as physicality, it has helped me immensely. Um, one of the things I noticed first off was my uh, endurance went up. I was able to do more. I was able to, to participate more. Um, my physical strength increased as well, um, as well as my agility and my, my flexibility has definitely increased. It's, there's been several, several benefits. I actually went off of my uh, cholesterol medicine during that period of time because of the physical activity and my cholesterol levels went down. So I was able to get off that medication. Awesome. Uh, as far as the kids, I think it's brought the kids and I a bit closer in some ways, it's a little bit separated in others because Ava's now a teenager and teenage, <laughs> teenage girls are uh, not always a lot of fun. <laughs> it can be a very big challenge. Um, but I've also noticed them a lot as far as their uh, outlook, I think on life has changed a bit. Uh, they are more respectful most of the time, not always of course, but they are kids. Um, and I think they enjoy going. They enjoy uh, getting there, seeing the people that they know, uh, meeting new people. Ava, Ava absolutely adores the little kids. And she would be really good, I think, is um, being in there as a leader for the... Uh, um, ninja. Yeah, the little ninjas. Little ninjas. So, uh, but she just adores the kids. That's great. And Aiden, yeah, he's... Kind of at a point where he's a little awkward right now, I think. However, 
However, one of the things <laughs> that, you know, I mean, the other day when I called him uh, to walk around and pick up all the attendance cards, and then I had him come up and do something from the front of the class. I mean, Aiden, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, well, you said, it, actually, you said it, we couldn't even get him on the floor at first. It, right. He lacked confidence so much. He was so timid and so shy. And now, you know, relatively speaking, he's he's pretty confident. Obviously, we're not done. By the time he's a second-degree black belt, he'll be a truly competent and confident, you know, black belt leader. But but he can get up and, and, and do the creed. He can, you know, go meet everybody individually and pick up those cards when I ask him to. Yes. He would have he would have wrecked in the, you know, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I remember a time when you you had called him up, tried to call him up to do something, and he just absolutely would not do it at all. In fact, he had a little meltdown on the floor. And you had a talk with him about, you know, he's he's at a level now where that's not to be expected and he needs to try to contain that and control it. And since that time, I've seen a huge improvement in him and his confidence level is through the roof, especially at the dojo. He is and I've seen him improve in a lot of other ways at the dojo. He's his intensity is increased. He's he wants that black belt. He wants that provisionary black belt. So so he's going to do whatever it takes to get it. I, I agree. And and just because, you know, the, um, as I hear you speak, obviously the illusion is uh, you're alluding to the fact that he doesn't always show the same things as well outside as he does in the dojo. And just right. so you know, that that's a little normal too. It's the law of the process, right? Like, like the, the dojo, the, the improvements in the dojo, rather we're talking about a white belt or even at this stage um, are a little ahead of, of being able to take it, what I call out of the dojo and into the world. The out of the dojo and into the world is just a step behind, but uh, but I think that if you haven't, uh, and I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have also seen it in school and such the improvements, but I'm saying you'll see it much much more. And uh, you know, uh, in both Ava too. I mean, in Ava it's confidence, but also I think attitude. Um, yes, she's like, and ironically, once again, I know I know you said, of course, she's still got a teenage attitude at home with you sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but. But here, I, I, she's changed so much. And so that's progress. Um, yes. And frankly, um, she's actually getting really physically good at her self-defense skills, which is also, like I would say in this in this last year, in, in phase three, she's made exponential growth in her actual ability to defend herself. Oh, yes, absolutely. And we've noticed it in her strength and in her abilities as well. Um, she does get a get bit goofy, and sometimes I think um, she does that because she's shy about her abilities yeah. and uh, just trying to break her out of that. But she has some some um, physical issues as well. She's ADD, ADHD, so she does take medication for that. Yeah. And if we don't give her her booster pills before we come to the dojo, sometimes it shows. <laughs> well, but again, I, I've seen so much improvement and, and that's the important thing. It's like, we always talk about a couple of things, right? The law of the process. Excellence happens daily, but not in a day. Right. And, you know, and the other piece is, is that that's why the, the third rule that I asked in the class, did you learn something new or make something better? Because, you know, one part is the technical learning, but the other part is becoming better every time. And, and I think that, that they're doing that. I think you're doing it too, Bob. Um, and as I alluded to in my introduction, uh, it's specifically your positive attitude and your perseverance, and you're still showing up to classes in spite of, quite frankly, uh, you alluded earlier that some people use very small things as an excuse for quitting. Right. 
you have a very big thing that nobody would, <laughs> nobody would have blamed you had you quit. And that's true. Even I would not have blamed you. But on the flip side of the same coin, I have been awed and proud of, and, you know, I've spotlighted you a few times in the classes about it, and I wrote the, the blog on you about it, but I just wanted to have you on this podcast because I think you're leading by example on what a black belt leader should do when faced with trials and tribulations. Or quite frankly, I, I speak to black belt leaders because obviously that's the community I seek to lead and build. Right. But, but we have lots of people listening to this. So I think everybody listening, wherever they are, whatever walk of life, whether they're ever going to step into my dojo or not, can get great education, edification, wisdom. If you'll share a little bit about what continues to drive you to be who you are, keep the good attitude, do what you do in spite of what you're going through. And of course, you'll have to share what you're going through. I purposely have been vague yeah. um, because I want you to do most of the talking. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, actually, I did. I did sit out about almost almost two months. Um, not quite. Um, earlier this year, Barbara and I both contracted um, COVID, and that was we were diagnosed. And uh, actually, on on April first, on April Fool's Day, they told us we had COVID. <laughs> and it was very shortly after that when I started having some major um, gastrointestinal issues. I uh, spent about a week in bed. Uh, we actually called EMS to come out because I thought I was going to have to be admitted to the hospital at that point. Um, they took my vitals, said everything looked good. If I went to the hospital, he said probably what they're going to do is give you a little bit of treatment, send you home, tell you to go see your doctor. Um, so I didn't go. I wound up going to see a uh, gastrointestinal doctor, had a um, colonoscopy and an upper GI done, which he really didn't diagnose anything at that point. Um, 10 days after that, I wound up in the ER at Wesley Chapel, where they drew blood work, they did a CT scan, they noticed a blockage in my stomach. Uh, there were a couple of my lab um, indicators on my lab work that were quite critical. One of them was my calcium level was um, very elevated. And even knowing that and knowing that it could possibly be fatal they discharged me and told me to see my gastro doctor and my, my regular doctor. Um, three days later, I was only getting worse. On the 15th, I went to the hospital at Tampa, uh, what used to be um, the university hospital. Um, they drew blood work as well. They looked at what I had already had done. And before they even had me a room back in the ER, they were already setting me up for um, admittance into the hospital. I spent five days in the hospital at that point. Um, they did an, another upper GI. Noticed there was a blockage. Um, the indicators were that it was cancerous. They didn't know at that time, um, but they knew that they had to go in and do something. So on January, or not January, June, June 1st, I went in for an operation. Um, at this point, they didn't know it was cancerous. They'd gotten some results back. Um, and they went over all the scenarios on what could happen. They said, we can go in there and find just a little bit, depending on how advanced it is, we're going to have to take at least part of your stomach out probably. Uh, worst case scenario is we have to take your entire stomach out, reroute all your piping in there to make it, you know, to make it work. And you'll have to radically adjust your diet and everything else, of course. Um, but they went in, it was close to, I think it was close to an eight hour surgery. It was all done robotically. 